2: Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And Larry, I'm going to jump right into it. We all, Absolutely. We often announce yep. like what the, you know, there's the, the uh, almost the hallmark months of this or yes. that and the other. Yes. I want you to start off by what this month is and then introduce yep. our guest.
3: Yes. September coming up is National Peripheral Artery Disease Awareness Month, Dr.
2: Mark. Yeah. ready to say, well, what, what's what our, is that? Who could our guest well, be? we got the guy to it talk about it. It could only be one it. person.
3: Dr. Sam Martin. Who is a vascular surgeon? He is now owns vein, Vascular Vein Centers of Orlando. Yep. I think, uh, Dr. Martin, I think you have seven sites. Yes, yeah. sir. And the beauty of it is, Dr. Martin was just inducted into the 2023 Orlando Magazine Physicians Hall of Fame. Dr. Well, welcome,
2: Martin. welcome, Sam, and congratulations, yes. and great to have you back. Um, he, Larry forgot to say that you're a great, great longtime friend of the both of us. Yes. And you've been on the show a couple of times, yep. and we're just so happy to have you here. Yep.
4: Well, Mark, I tell you, it's an honor, and I'm very humbled always because, one, Larry, you have always been such a strong patient advocate and a tireless fighter for the independent practice of medicine. And Mark, you come from a very distinguished career in uh, pediatric surgery on the front lines every day and now are moving over to education, giving this younger generation hopefully the practical perspectives to patient care and what it's all about. So I really, really uh, congratulate the two of you for continuing to stand up for medicine as we know it, or used to know it, and hopefully uh, patient-oriented healthcare.
3: Well, Doctor Martin, you've been a friend of mine for almost thirty years, and you've practiced medicine in Orlando for, I believe, since nineteen seventy eight. Is that no, correct? no, no, no.
2: 19, 1997, no 1997. No. Oh, you said Sam. you said Doctor,
3: you oh, said I'm yeah. <laughs> Sam, gotcha. Doctor Martin,
2: you have a lot of yeah. friends. Nineteen seventy eight.
4: That brings out Larry. Yep. What a youngster, Martin. <laughs> He's just a kid, it. man. Oh, I my wish. Goodness. I wish I started in ninety seven. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. as yeah. you say, I started in seventy eight. Yep. But I can only imagine what it would be like to yeah. be Mark's age at this point in time.
3: Right. Well, you know, it's really interesting having two surgeons here together. This is a very exciting day. Yep. It's going to be a great show. Absolutely. But Dr. Martin, if you could just kind of what changes have you seen that were demonstrative over your career in medicine and particularly in the last 10 or 15 years?
4: Larry the thing that concerns me I come from four generations of medicine and I saw my grandfather practice along with his brother in a small town in southeast Missouri and I saw the connection he had with his patients people who could drop by his house people who he responded to and then as I started in 78 it was a wonderful thing there was such a collaboration among doctors Even though everybody practiced in a different situation, there was this commonality of things. Then as we got into the 80s, really medicine became more complex, and we as doctors didn't have the business instruments to be able to do that. So we brought in medical administrators. Yes, that was good, but what happened is they started taking an ever more powerful role First, as our advisors, and now, unfortunately, they control and frequently don't even pay attention and don't even, uh, if you will, communicate directly with us. This has been a disappointment. I've talked to friends of mine who've been in healthcare and been in hospital systems, and they say there's a honeymoon period, but then they find that really uh, there's there's a culture change them that really gets away from the patient. And so that has been disturbing. And then when we see the statistics and see how there's been an ever-burgeoning increase in the number of hospital administrators, reminiscent of what we're seeing in higher education, where the cost of education is going up so tremendously because of this administrative level, this is distressing to me. And now a new player in this field in the last few years is venture capital. And, yep. uh, Actually, we're going to talk Biff about that today. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. come in, and unfortunately, they've bought practices. Doctors sometimes get a little bit of a boon there. Unfortunately, the cost and the regulatory for independent doctors has been very, very challenging. But they come in with a point of reference of, in the next three to seven years or so, they're going to try to turn that over for money. And unfortunately, it comes at a cost for the patients and the clinicians. And it's also been linked to literally higher patient costs and everything. As we saw with the hospitals, the facility fee, a patient pays significantly more. And there was an article, or a editorial in the Wall Street Journal, saying that again, Uh, going into an office of a private practitioner at one time, independent, and then a year or two later seeing that the cost of that has sometimes more than doubled, and it's because they have been absorbed by hospital systems. And unfortunately, as uh, researchers have seen, there really has been a decrease in the quality of care.
2: You know, I I know you're a listener too, right? Um, you, You listen to the show, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, the last couple of segments, we were beaten down on this pretty hard, and sure. and you couldn't be more on on the spot. spot on point. I mean, on point because it is. Yeah, we we've seen this time and time again, and and it's the venture capital side that's really interesting to you and I because we kind of we almost got used to the hospital part, didn't like it, you know, didn't act with it, just kind of figured out how to work around it. But this venture capital stuff is different, Sam. Yeah. I mean and, and it's yeah. all it's all based on the same ideas. Instead of the administrators who come in and okay, let's give them the idea that okay, they can run a budget, they can they can set things up, they know how to run an institution, a company and you know, a factory and they they have, they have these skill sets that maybe you and I we really didn't develop. Well, However, no. they miss that that piece that makes it about medicine and now we're going to go to the venture capital folks. And they have an even smaller skill set, but not yeah. invaluable, right? But not without right. value, I should say. Right. But but it's a smaller skill yeah. set, and and that's kind of a problem that that you and I just have to sort of guess what's going to happen yeah. next. Well, if well you, you recall
4: know Mark, the thing about that that is so estranged for you and I is their primary responsibility is to their investor. It's
2: their only it's responsibility.
4: Not to the patient, that's it's right. not of course, to they us, the clinician, yeah, right? Right. They so have they're making to have money. that bottom line. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you do that, healthcare care has to be seen in time of that. It could be the time spent with the patient. Right. It could be certain testing. It could be avoiding certain testing because of, if you will, that bottom line. Incentives are set up in an adverse way to, I feel, optimal patient care.
2: Yeah, no, it, it is it, it is that, and it's It's a different bottom line, right? And And you could argue that it might be a less – I don't want to say less – Greedy, but maybe that's the word I'm going to stick with. Pretty close because because they they are looking to beat the market number.
3: Well, it's a business, yeah.
2: Whereas whereas the hospitals, if they're on an upper trajectory, they don't want to see it turn to a rainbow, right? They want to keep going straight up. So so it's a different system, and it is. I mean, I've kind of enjoyed learning about them. They're also very transparent. Much more transparent, yeah. well, and so you can sort of see like what are you trying to do, what are you looking for, and and they're yeah. they're since they're so business minded and look you know look down at their charts. If you if I say well you know this seems to be working, hey I've got a friend that's in this specialty. Nope, we don't do that. Right, and they stay right. out of that lane. That's right. That's right, and so it's it's really it's fascinating, Sam. I mean, this is it, well, it really is new.
4: The other thing, Mark, that is concerning is that recently we saw one of the hospital systems going through a tough, tough negotiation with an insurer, and the things that they said about them aren't things that you would typically say to somebody you're trying to negotiate with as to their character. The other thing that's uh, very sad to me is once they get you, uh, they're in the system, the patient's in the system, they are not going to refer out. So Mark Chayette could be the best pediatric surgeon around. You could have a next-door neighbor that literally works within one of the hospital systems and understands that, knows that, but he can't refer that patient to you because of the restrictions of that system, be it the hospital system or be it, if you will, the venture capital system Mm -hmm. and everything. So that's very sad because we see that really some of the people in that system don't have the quality of care and patient compassion that you and I have uh, had over our career. Yeah. Uh, let me let remind practice, our listeners of a couple was things: getting to know doctors and instilling that confidence within them, due to your results and due to your connection with them. Now, no, it's purely simply a system.
2: Yeah. Well, and and I would say, interestingly. Like that disappointment of not freedom of referral is one of the top three things that we that we don't like about the new world. That's right. But the biggest is being unable to order tests or do procedures that we know are needed right. without carrying out unnecessary procedures exactly. to prove that we need what yeah. we already know. Yeah. But those those are, those yeah. got to be top yeah. two. Well, top let me two let me
3: mention something. You know, in our last show, and uh, Dr. Mark, you'll remember this. We talked about. Th- two-thirds, no, three-fourths of physicians in America, 75% are now either owned by hospitals or private equity. And we broke that down. 52% is owned by the hospital systems and a little over 22% of physicians, primary care, are now owned by private equity. And if we think that's the, the the stopping point in the next year, It's projected that private equity is going to invest $3.7 trillion into health care.
0: Yeah.
4: Well, and the thing that's so uh, concerning, Larry, is that young people coming out – and again, Mark is having and trying to have an effect on these people's thinking. Young people coming out sometimes don't want equity. They want a lifestyle. And again, when you have a practice – it's not necessarily an eight hour day. You've got to spend time taking care of charting, this that and the other responsibilities, and taking care of employees and the regulatory, and it becomes onerous. They say, hey, I want to check in, I want to check out. And so men- often the mentality is one of, hey, come 5 o'clock, if I'm not on, I'm out of here. Yeah. And regardless of whether I did an operation on this person earlier in the day, I'm on a shift. I'm out, my partner can take care of that. And you and I know, no, we Mark, did, never did that, that really no one takes care of the patient like the guy that operated on him, and no one is as is, is, is invested in, in, in their heart and their mentality as the guy that did the operation. No, so that, that is so true, so true. It's hard to reach doctors uh, after hours. Uh, they set up a barrier to that, some of these younger doctors. It's very disappointing.
2: No, it is, and it's one of those, those challenges and when we come back, I'll talk about a story about a colleague of ours who came to me with a business plan. And I thought, that's not going to work. And it definitely worked. But we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
2: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings
3: for a great discussion on all things
1: healthcare. Healthcare Now Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra Saturdays at 11 a.m. Only here on The Answer. Take the answer with you wherever you go.
0: Theanswerorlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950 FM 94.9.
1: The answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark
2: and Larry. You are back in the Healthcare Now studios. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And our very famous now guest sam martin right. sam so great to Mr. have you hall again Do- dr hall of famer dr hall of famer yes Fame. indeed, oh, indeed. Oh, that's right. Please, thank please, you very guys. much no it's good stuff so uh larry larry brought something up i'm gonna larry just pitch it yeah what uh, today is
3: yeah today uh, the well the month is national peripheral artery disease awareness well, it's month. in september yeah. yeah september and before we get into the, the day let's go back to dr martin let's talk about peripheral artery disease I know that, you know, in your vein clinics, you've got a mantra, healthy legs, healthy life. You want to talk a little bit about peripheral artery disease?
4: Yes, Larry. Uh, Here's the thing about peripheral artery disease. What you're referring to there is atherosclerosis, arteriosclerosis that affects the legs. Now, the effect of that could be the first manifestation of it is a person walks and gets a cramp in their leg. Eventually, it become so bad that they have to stop walking. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself can be definitely have an effect on a person's uh, quality of life. But the importance of peripheral artery disease is almost exclusively seen in people that are smokers or people that are diabetics. There are other causes for it, hypertension. But we know in those groups what we need to do, and there was an article in the New York Times that did an exhaustive research on how, In our society now, it is being overtreated, and we're seeing people that aren't vascular surgeons, people who haven't had the background of treating arterial disease and Mm -hmm. seeing it over time, people that are interventionalists who are going and doing interventions on these arteries. It's been shown that if you do medical management, optimal medical management, have the person walking, that they can develop much, much no. like the uh, athlete in training. No. When they start off, they can only go a short distance or so at top speed. Mm-hmm. As they become progressively better and train more, they can go longer. The risk of losing a limb due to PAD is less than 5%.
2: By going through that, and that's no surgery, that's just no procedures, that's just training.
4: Now, what about Physical diabetes? Right. Even, How with that surgery, Even with surgery, it's been shown that mm-hmm. when people are getting atherectomies and some of that, they're setting themselves up for more procedures, a greater potential risk to the leg with that because there could be a sudden occlusion so that the other thing is, PAD, when we look at the legs and see the atherosclerosis in the leg, that is a predictor of coronary artery disease or carotid artery disease. It could affect them as far as having a heart attack or a stroke. So it's very important to be aware of it. We have set up a screening program. I know there are some screening programs out there where they're looking to tell people about atherosclerosis. Ours is different in the sense that we're offering this at a low price to people so that they can look at it, see, do they have plaque in the carotid artery? Do they have plaque in the peripheral artery? If they do, then it could be a harbinger of possible problems with the heart and everything. And ours, what we do is when we do it, we communicate with the person's doctor, give them the significance of that plus the fact that I am calling these people and talking to them and explaining this to them. What should they be looking out for? What do you tell them
2: they should be looking out for? Well, what they need to look out for is the family
4: history of Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. If they have habits such as uh, smoking, if they're a type 1 or or more especially of a type 2 diabetic, if they're having either cramping uh, (laughs) in their leg when they walk, Again, if there's a family history of aortic aneurysm or there's a history of stroke and everything, these are people that we want to give the peace of mind uh, of that. And I very much enjoy talking to some of these people and telling them, you do not have this to a great extent and you will never have it so that they can rest easily that they're not going to have something happen. And if they have a Parent or someone who was a smoker, I say, that, and they're not, I say, that puts you in a totally different category. Right. You know, this person that was a smoker was their own worst sure. enemy. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you, practicing good, if you will, healthy habits, you are not going right. to be in that situation. Now, I enjoy that contact with people and reinforcing. Good healthy lifestyle.
2: You know, you know, Sam. This reminds me of the discussion that we have about about back surgery and oh. the studies saying the same thing that you just described <laughs> for claudication. So that that pain in the leg, we call it claudication.
3: Okay, and
2: right. and so that that same thing, like you're, it, I, I, it's a relatively new development that people have, are recognizing, and it's still you're you're still in the minority in some senses recognizing that the first place to go, and you and I are surgeons, and we're telling you the first place to go is not under the knife. Right. And, and it's remarkable. very, very interesting. And yeah. so we can, you know, we can thank data collection and interpretation for that kind of information because it's not intuitive. It's not what we would think of as progress because if it doesn't hurt or bleed, how can it be good, right? So I mean it's 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 that therapy yeah. And then, you know, when you use that as a marker, we can, we can do things like look at calcium scores of the heart. We can do exactly. things like ultrasound their aorta, simple exactly. non-invasive techniques to look at their carotids and say, no, you are good. And, and like you say, if you're talking to a, a 53-year-old or a 65-year-old and they don't have any family history and they haven't been involved in, in issues that might make it worse, yeah, you can, you can really take a lot of stress off of them by saying, hey, you know, we've done this work up and you're doing the training, and you don't have the history, you're good. Yep. You know, I, I, I you can know, Mark, really appreciate that. Yep. Is
4: exactly right, and you and I have always felt that way. Again, our, and I see it as my preeminent purpose, is to create a situation of patient empowerment. Again, with when we're dealing with lifestyle, when we're dealing with PAD, if you go out, if you do the right things, stop smoking, walk walk on a daily basis, you will be able to go through the rest of your life without putting yourself at risk with a procedure or with a surgery. And again, this is the thing. When I'm dealing with vein, as I do preeminently now, I am trying to tell people, we'll do the procedures to help the veins and everything, but you've got to wear the compression. Right. You've got to do these things. And again, mm-hmm. it's the, the American way is to have the quick fix. Take a it's pill. You mentioned AC or something. Yep. Well, if people will practice good habits, have yep. discipline and accountability on a daily basis, they can do without all the interventions yep. that we have created in medicine.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, Sam, you hit on something so important there. You know, we manage thousands of lives in our own value-based programs within an organization. And just recently, the CDC reported that 6 in 10 Americans have a chronic disease and 2 in 4 have 2 or more chronic diseases. Wow. And the, the point of this is these conditions account for 75% of the entire $4.6 trillion American spend.
2: Well, I mean that's the whole idea between the uh, the chronic management codes, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, so the idea that those are the, those are the folks that we have to keep after. Yes. But you know, one of the s- stories that I tell my students, I've told my residents, I've, you know, ever, since day one is it is very easy for the surgeon to walk in and and do an operation and say, you know, we would say it was an operation for cancer, and the the pathologist say your margins were clear. It's very easy to say, hey, you know, you're good. You don't need to worry about it, but you all all of us here understand that you're going to worry about it and if they don't get some information that's going to make them feel like you know you're just not you're just quoting stats that that if you're really talking to the the human being across the the room yep. that that goes a long way because it is a big deal it and is a big and same same way when we we do other successful procedures and You've got to realize what, you know, think about it. If it was you or your family, you're going to be, you're going to be considering this yeah. in a different way. Not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Take off. Well, I'm Walk so it glad off. you brought that up, Dr. Martin, well, you know, because I my, had a person,
3: uh, yeah. one second, I had a, a, a very, uh, close friend who got an illness and you know what the physician said? You'll be good. No, yeah. bad luck. That's how you got it. Bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that
2: doesn't tell you anything. That doesn't help you.
4: (laughs) Again, going along with that, as you mentioned, you brought Mm -hmm. up the subject of cancer. Well, Mark, one thing that I learned from a patient many years ago is when people start talking about cancer survivor, she said, no, no, it's not cancer survivor. It's cancer conqueror. And as I have gone through my days of practicing when I was doing some of this, I used to use that expression because a survivor is a very passive person. A survivor is someone who lets people tell them and control them and do it. Your village is attacked and you crawl under the table and you survive. I want to create an empowerment of patients. And again, Mm -hmm. conqueror denotes that the patient is actively involved, questioning, understands what's to be done, and has a fighting mentality every day. We need to empower patients to be proactive in their care. Unfortunately, I say that we men, and we don't do as well as women, and longevity and everything, uh, the two pillars of a man's health care plan are procrastination and denial. That's good.
2: That's good.
4: Make people aware and then tell them that they can do this. They can do this. They don't necessarily need me, but they can do this. So, you know, that's what I have tried to do uh, with it and take it out of that acute emergent care or that acute ASAP care and practicing those good habits every day, hopefully, will give them a greater, if you will, health span. It's right. not lifespan, yes. it's health yes. span. Yeah.
2: Qu- quality of life, and we can preach that yep. and understanding that, you know, we're, we're all humans. If somebody tells you something you don't want to hear, you don't hear it. And if you don't if, want if, you, if you're yeah. really you're really focused on something, and and like you know, Sam and I could spend an hour with a patient, and and that first hour might get us somewhere, but when they go home, and and their family member says, "Well, what did what did Doctor Martin say?" Oh, he said, yeah, it'd be okay. "He said i would be okay." Well, that's why yeah. Yeah. You, you got yeah. to create that relationship, yeah. and let we look at him and say, Absolutely "Listen, not. I want you to know, Absolutely. I'm not saying you're going to be okay. I'm going to saying you're going to have to conquer this." and we're going to i'll work with you but you're the number one player here and and you got to be on it it's about ownership yeah no that's great stuff the other
4: thing that i would throw at you a little off this subject i was reading the journal of the american medical association the most recent edition and the sad thing that i saw in an editorial was the paradoxical decline of geriatric medicine as a profession now your uh, career has been on the other end of the spectrum but as you're getting older you're still a youngster that's going into practice in '97. Oh my God! I could only wish. Well, here but I'll throw at out this at you. Rate, rate, I have
2: uh, I have geriatricians fact, in my in my college, so so that, that I well, work with. So that's an it's an important clerkship we have. So yeah. go ahead. Well,
4: here's the thing that's very interesting, Mark. In this, they were pointing out that we've seen a decline in the numbers of geriatric uh, trained uh, yeah, doctors. There's been a significant decline in the last 20 years in the numbers, and we're finding that those that go through a fellowship put them in the cells in a position where they're earning nine percent lower than a general internist, fourteen percent lower than a hospitalist. Right. And the fact that young people going into it do not really want to do it because they feel that they're dealing with people who are compromised many times mentally and physically, and they just don't want to do they see if you will, elderly, as being insignificant are a burden. Foreign. And it's yeah. sad that they don't have that sense of social responsibility. I'm glad to hear that you're trying to emphasize it, because yeah. some of the funding for the research and everything has just gone away. Some of the foundations uh, they mentioned in this article, too, that we're very much involved have gone away. And the fact that it is, uh, you know, these are sometimes high-risk people. They have frailty. They have mental cigarettes. You know, they need that, as you say, that doctor friend who connects with them and can connect it's with got, the family. It's got to be about a relationship.
2: Effect. Back with more Healthcare Now soon.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
2: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings
3: for a great discussion on all things healthcare.
1: Healthcare Now Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra Saturdays at 11 a.m. Only here on The Answer.
2: Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are blessed with the presence of Dr. Sam Martin, who's been yes. on the show before. We just uh, finished doing some segments with him, Yes. and Sam, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about who he is. Larry's yep. going to do a little yep. intro, and I'm going to yep. state that he's actually calling us from his office, Yes. and as soon as a patient needs his help, he'll be signing off. So right. we appreciate your time. Yes. We might be able to get through a half hour, but yeah. we'll we'll take whatever we can get, Sam. Yeah.
3: Well, Dr. Martin, we appreciate your time, uh, particularly when you're actually seeing patients during the day. Dr. Martin is a vascular surgeon here in Orlando. He owns an entity, seven offices called Vascular Vein Centers of Orlando. He's practiced in Orlando for 45 years, Dr. Martin. Fantastic. And Dr. Martin was just inducted into the 2023 Orlando Magazine Physicians Hall of Fame. That's awesome. Congratulations to you, Dr. Martin. Knowing you've been a friend for 30 years, you deserve every bit of that.
4: Well, Larry, again, it's humbling to be with you guys because I know both of you have been so instrumental in really being there for not only patients as very outspoken patient advocates, but also the practice of independent medicine and Mark now uh, after a distinguished career in pediatric surgery is trying to help educate our younger doctors who are going to be making the impact out there. And I congratulate him on his appreciation for the practical aspects of medicine and how he's trying to help young people understand that and hopefully eventually practice that.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I hope, uh, Dr. Mark can keep these uh, graduating physicians out of ownership from the hospital and private equity and get them into independent practice. They
4: they
2: definitely hear me talk about it. There's no question. I tell you,
4: that's a lot to ask Mark. (laughs) I
2: understand. I just put the onus on him. A heck
4: of a burden on him. So uh,
2: (laughs) unlike, unlike my experience in medical school, at least they know what it is, right? So we didn't hear about it because if you, if you track back my years, I was in medical school when the first big hit from Medicare came down and it took people like vascular surgeons and cardiovascular surgeons and really crushed their income by just slashing payments in half and saying, so sorry, you know, and not even saying that. And so when I was in medical school, I got a lot of people say to me like, gee, why are you doing this, man? I mean, you're not, you're, you're, you're not going to be making any money. And I, I, my, my attitude at that point was, I guarantee you the first job I get out of residency will be the highest paying job I ever had. And you, you take it from there. That's but w- right. when you're in the game during a change, it's painful. Yep. And you lived through that, and you made it, you made it, you know, took lemons and made it into lemonade. Right. And now over these decades, we've had other changes that are equally yep. painful yes. and have resulted yes. not so much in the slashing, but we talk about how, when we when we talk about different groups getting becoming more profitable or earn this much more per year, Larry yep. always says to me, how many times did you earn 12% more one year than the next? Every and, year. And, and it doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't That's happen.
3: That's an no, annual 12% an rate medical, increase you know, from every paper. Yeah. Yeah.
4: A little bit. My uh, father, Mark and Larry, was a medical educator. He, at one point, was head of the health care system at the University of Florida, but he recognized having to go before the legislature and get uh, appropriations, how inadequately he was prepared. So he went and studied at the London School of Economics in Harvard wow. and then came down to the University of Pennsylvania and set up a collaboration between Wharton and the medical school to educate doctors. It was called – and it is called the Leonard Davis Institute of Healthcare Economics, and it was seen as a, a visionary uh, thing in which he was teaching doctors – the economics and the business sense of medicine many of these have gone out in an entrepreneurial fashion some as uh, government uh, consultants some as consultants to healthcare system but again it was trying to place people who had an appreciation for patient care sure. and patient issues in an administrative thing which we so sorely need now because we have this ever burgeoning uh, medical management uh, in hospitals, who are disconnecting not only from the patients, but we're seeing a disconnect frequently from the doctors themselves.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've got something for you, Sam. So I, I mentioned this pretty frequently on the show, uh, and, and I, I, I need to I need to see if you'll be be supportive or not. So one of the issues that we wanted to address when we started this whole series a few years ago was follow the money, and yes. you know we know what the the costs are. We're trying to figure out when when we say that it, it costs. Four point six trillion. It's going up to eight trillion. What does that actually mean? Why right? is that? Is that just money flowing through our economy, and you give and you take, and it, and it's all good? But but looking year to year, where the profits are settling, and yep. and quite frankly, in in whose bank account are That's they right. settling? Right. And when I when I talked about this, I, I made a comment uh, so, some months ago regarding how physicians have always been told, especially from Senator Stark that this is too personal to get that's profitable right. and and we've right. been restricted in, in yeah. what we can earn and and we we Sam you know we make a great living uh, we have great job security i'm not screaming that you know poor mouth and anything at all but when you look around and the complaint is we're spending too much on healthcare spending too much on healthcare the face of medicine well i would be you and i yeah. and that's not where right. the money's going so when i say you know there needs to be a give back yeah. from big pharma you know there's big give back from big insurers that, that's going to put money back into the system or make what they do less expensive. And and our, our very good friend and an avid listener is, is uh, Larry and I I's accountant, and he, he called me out on it and said, well, that's not capitalism. I want, to, I want to throw that in your court, Sam. What do you think? Well,
4: you know, it's so sad, Mark, because, again, you spent many nights on call taking care of people, sometimes for no remuneration. We do that. We do that of course. because we're called to it. Well, these medical administrators now – you see them, I see buses driving through town with the hospital system. I see uh, athletic figures with a backdrop. Race cars, billboards is, on I-4. Where are those <laughs> expenditures going yeah. to help care? It should be focused on patient care and, if you will, trying to decrease the cost of that care. And you see administrator who is making five times what a hardworking doctor who might be on call every two or three nights and is taking emergency room call, frequently not getting reimbursed for that, that sort of sticks in my crawl. And and it really, I feel that, uh, you know, these people, what are they adding to uh, the practice of medicine and patient care? Yes, they're putting victims. Overhead. So often those victims are contrary to what the employed doctors are doing. For yeah, instance, no, it is. One of is. our healthcare systems, a number of cardiologists, uh, more than half of them that Just were employed left. by the hospital, yeah, are yeah. going off right. on their own. Right. Now, the sad part is they're going off to be part of venture capital sure. who yep. is going to finance that. But nevertheless, the hospital was not listening to them. The administrator, the, who was a physician, who was head of the cardiology section, was not listening or paying attention to the doctor's concerns.
2: Yeah, no, and, and, and we see that more and more. We're the
4: ones that have to stand before the patient and tell them about the issue, the, will the constraints yeah. that we work under.
2: Right, and, and, the, and the, the part in, that the patient gets hit with was, I can't go see my doctor. Right. Yeah, that was my doctor, yeah. and and that's my insurance might not might not cover that doctor. That's right, but or, no, it or is not a like, network. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. so right. exactly. Well, you is. know,
3: when you guys talk about where the money goes, and and Dr. Mark, you hit on it pretty clear. That four point six tree in last year, less than ten percent of those dollars actually went to physicians. Yeah, and when you talk yeah. about where is the equity, where are the profits? It's in the pharma business. It's in the private equity today. Because and private equity and well, and the hospitals and insurers—that's kind of a hidden situation, right? But the but the payers and the pharma is yeah. really who's making the yeah.
2: money. Yeah, I, I think Sam, you'll probably okay. agree. I think that the issues that we have with the different groups are different. Yeah. I think if we had to had to group them together and we looked at big pharma and big insurers, yeah. we're we're talking about their profits, not their functionality or their interaction yeah. with you and I. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the hospitals, we're really talking about even though we, we we do like to point at the big salaries, we're really talking about yep. allowing us to stay in the game in in making decisions and yep. administrative administrative yep. protocols, mm-hmm. and so it's a different struggle, right? It's a struggle about what we're allowed to do, not how much we're we're allowed to make.
3: Yeah, and let me throw yeah, one, thing say, there, you, one thing out there, Doctor Doctor Martin. One thing, go yeah, ahead.
4: One go thing ahead. I would say yeah. that really sticks to me very emotionally is this: I think that we in medicine you and I, Mark, having gone through this. It's a calling. It's an application. Yes.
2: It's a blessing it's to have the calling. Yeah. Yeah,
4: no, it's... it's not a job. And again, I want to be practicing in my 90s if God is willing and will uh, allow me to be cognitively okay. But as we look at doctors, as you look at doctors that you've worked with, Mark, you judge them on the basis of what they do and the way they relate to patients. You don't judge them a A marker of success as a physician. Have you ever seen a physician uh, exclaim that, oh, he made millions or he made this? Nobody ever judges a doctor by how much he makes. And some of those that make a great deal are sometimes held askance, not through jealousy, but because they have milked and built the system. And we see the people that have done that uh, in treating certain things as we feel inappropriately, they have been able to manipulate and get and have monies as kind. Cogn- well, so yeah. let, me, let me throw this out. You and I judge yeah. a doctor. Right. Yeah. Sam, let like, me throw and we're this one out. Of the only professions that that is true for.
2: Yeah, true. true.
4: You know,
3: when we talk about corporate America uh, in healthcare, two companies in America, Optum and CVS Health, represent almost a trillion dollars in revenue. Of our four point six trillion dollars.
2: Yep. Yep. Two companies. Two
3: companies. Optum wow. four four hundred fifty billion and CVS Health just under around four hundred thirty billion.
2: And and if you break that down, it's the PBMs that they run. That's right. That bring in the majority of that yep. because you can yep. say that well you know we need health insurance yep. and those are those are two big two of those the four are, bigs in, in health insurance. And the insurers. other piece
3: of it is specialty pharmacy.
2: Yep. yep. So Huge. it is yep. it's it is really interesting. Well, Sam, I mean, basically, I this is one of the things one of those. You know, there's some words that are really loaded words. And what we look for in our colleagues that we refer to is they have to care. Right. They have to give right. care. They have to right. care about what they do. And and that's I mean, that makes them win every time. You know what? And there's there's studies that are gonna tell you that they're going to be successful. They're gonna get sued less. Uh, they're going to have yep. better outcomes. And, and every time they make a new plan, those outcomes do improve. Yep. And we're going to go to break. And uh, they haven't called you out of the office yet, have they?
4: No, not quite yet. This All is right. good.
2: Well, if they, don't, if they don't yank you out of the, yes. the seat while uh, while we're on break, we're going to have you back for another another discussion. Yeah.
3: We're going to lighten it up a little bit in our next round. Uh, we're going to talk about what is August 24th in America when we come uh-huh. back.
2: I know, but I don't think it's lightening it up. We'll be right back.
1: <laughs> You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
0: Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer.
3: Navigate the healthcare
2: process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings
3: for a great discussion on all things healthcare.
1: Healthcare Now Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra Saturdays at 11 a.m. Only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark
2: and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios. We're here with our longtime friend, Dr. Sam Martin. And I tell you, Sam, it's been a, it's been a good series of discussions we've had. Always yes. love having you. Thank you so much. And Larry said he's going to lighten it up. I'm going to go ahead and throw him <laughs> under the bus here. And yep. and when the listeners see how Larry lightens things up, yep. they're not going to invite him to a party. Yeah,
3: August 24th yeah. today is known as America's sickest day of the year, Dr. Mark.
2: There you go. Your invites just got now yanked. Again.
4: That, you know, if Larry considers this light, this isn't the kind of medicine you
3: and I have. I, know, let, I me, know. let me tell you why it's light. Mark, makes us shudder. I'll, I'll have to see what where okay. Larry sees yeah, the we'll, light. Let's let, let it him follow up. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me tell you why it's light. More people call out of work on August 24th every year than any other day of the year, and they just basically take the day off.
2: Is it because school starting? Ah. Uh,
3: it, you know, it's kind of unknown as to why it happens, but – Believe it or not, August 24th, people call out more than even the day after the Super Bowl.
2: See, I was just going to come back and say I thought that was the day after the Super no. Bowl. I would have said the Super yeah. uh,
1: Exactly, Mark. Yeah. More and, you know, people call out on this day than the Super me. Bowl. Yeah, yeah I know. I? yeah,
4: yeah should no. They, they have they, they, the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah. They should have the Super Bowl on Saturday so that's people right. so have people a chance can, to recover yeah. and then that's right. yeah, I know having yeah. a light employment uh our light productivity yeah yeah, yeah on but Monday.
2: but but it's it's kind of like kind of like the fact that that we're uh, notoriously bad at business and health care it makes a whole lot more sense because mm-hmm. sunday night programming makes no money except right. on super bowl sunday That's right and on sunday yep. night football there's and nothing so they, on there there's no, <laughs> nobody's gonna watch it because you know on. why they're gonna go to bed because they go That's right. it's got to be something important enough right. like like the super bowl to keep yeah. people up not like a debate either uh, well, don't the other even,
3: day that <laughs> I would
4: say might be a, a very quote light day or maybe an unhealthy day is the day after Halloween, and I felt that Halloween should be on a weekend. Oh yes. we yeah, we don't need young children yep. going out right. in the middle of the week with the school the next day, uh, trudging around uh, getting uh, carbohydrate poison.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, that is that. Is, that is a discussion that comes up yep. a lot and uh yeah we we could talk all day about the uh, theories behind yep. where halloween lands but but well, i don't know we we probably have better yep. things to talk about
3: well you know and yeah. and let me follow up with uh, not only is august 24th the sickest day of the year the month of february is the sickest month of the year where on average 10% of our entire working population in America, at some point in time, call out during the month of February.
2: Yeah. See now, there I would go with seasonal things. You know, yeah. th- yep, flu the and, and winter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, winter yep. viruses. Yep, yep. Even that,
4: with the month of Presidents, and I have a special affinity for February because I'm a February uh, baby and an uh, Aquarian, so I'm a little disappointed to hear that, but I understand it from Mark's point of view as he says with the uh, seasonal.
2: Yep, yep. exactly. Well, I've got I've got a February baby who just uh, just moved into his dorm at the FSU for wow. the first year. I Did got some got good up? pictures. Yep, yep, he moved. Actually, my wife took him up. I had, mm-hmm. I had the other boys and okay. uh, and took pictures, got him locked in, and, wow. and he's he's excited. He's excited. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, it's really Florida exciting. Florida State, for him. right? Florida State, Florida yep.
3: State, absolutely. Good. You know, let's good. let's talk about some issues that are going to impact. Healthcare services providers in the last half of 2023 and 2024. There's Either four way. things, and we've actually talked about some of these. Mm-hmm. Number one is the private equity maturity wall. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: Right. We, you know, it's a buyer's market right now. Uh, valuations of companies are below target, making them ripe for venture capital firms and people like Optum, CVS Health, even Goldman Sachs. Are scooping in, and that's where that three point seven trillion is going to go
2: in the yep, next yep. in the next year. Yeah, that makes sense, and we we have been talking about this a good bit, and yep. it is an economic model that does make sense. And and you know, Sam, we've sort of talked about the feelings that have been created between doctors and administrators and hospitals. So it is a model that a lot of physicians welcome because it's not that right. And and they don't have the experience, confidence, or or liquid equity to do something all by themselves. Right. So it's you know I, they they get pitched like you know you're just taking a bank loan. It's just a bank loan. Gotcha. Well, you're going to pay it back, yep. and that's not at all what it is. I'm not that's saying it's gotcha. I'm not you know I'm not yep. judging it. I'm just saying gotcha. that that as physician groups, we don't really get a good feel for it. Some of it is financially brilliant, yep. and I'll tell you, Sam, you can probably speak to this very well. It depends on what stage of your career you're in when it occurs. Absolutely. Right? Talk about that. I
4: see so many people that are, you know, if you're a person who is in his early 60s, late 50s, then it may be you can go through that honeymoon period with that. But when you're literally in your 40s, early 50s, boy, it can have just devastating uh, repercussions to you and psychologically be a source of pressure. And we in medicine have a lot of pressure in doing what we do. We don't need to have another sort of ax
2: hanging over our head. No, you're right. You're right. And it's true. Like if you're a senior partner in a firm, if you will, if we kind of borrow from some of our colleagues, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to get – a nice buyout at a time where your your productivity was probably diminishing and you were probably thinking about what you're going to do in yep. retirement. Mm-hmm. But if you are in that that growth position, like like you, you're there for a while, but now you've got a reputation, you're starting to build up, you're starting to get efficient, that's where you should benefit the most. And that gets flattened. That curve gets flattened. And then if you're brand new out of training, you know, it's uh-huh. it's like any first job. Um, you know you 're not going to get the partnership payout you 're just going to get paid, but what you lose is the mentorship that you might have in an independent practice who trains you to do what you 're doing as an apprentice but also trains you how to be a business person yes. as best you can and and so that 's gone because you don 't yep. see those folks those managers that, that no. take over they they're not no. they don 't drop by i mean they, they, there is a hired manager in your office now. That, that you didn't hire in right. all likelihood yep. and you get reports and whatnot, but nobody's teaching you why the budget is this and why you can't do that.
3: Exactly. And so let's move on from that. And one of the spinoffs of all this private equity is oversight by the Department of uh, Insurance and the Federal Trade Commission on monopolies and consumer costs,
2: Dr. Mark. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one because that's going to yeah. be really regional, and yep. we've seen that issue much much more in the hospital world. Yes, where we get places like a- Asheville yep. and Mission. Yep. You know, they, they actually had a an approved monopoly for many years, and then I mean that was yep. kind of the in thing. North that, Carolina, North that's Carolina, right. uh-huh. and you know when when uh, my HCA folks told me they they had just pu- purchased that hospital, yep. I just I just kind of laughed because. The the uh, the state isn't going to approve a monopoly. That's right. You and, know it's not going to
3: pass FTC. No, and it Screw did not. Yeah, uh, well, well, right.
2: it, it it didn't have to if it right. if it it was given a pass and it and it was it's not. I got you. so now because okay. that's yep. a for profit. They were a nonprofit, yep. and the mission was, and so uh, so that that's that's played out about like you figured it would. Yep. Uh, but yeah, with these venture capitals, I tell you, later, the way they're going to avoid that problem mm-hmm. is so many of the venture capital groups go by specialty. And then they add in maybe a second right. or a third specialty. Yeah. And so it's gonna be hard to say that they're a monopoly in healthcare. Yeah. They might be able to say, You're you're now providing ninety percent of the cardiac care in that area, right. but they don't really care about that. That's not that's not actionable. Yeah.
3: Well the actual law when it comes to monopolies is owning more than forty percent of that discipline.
2: Right, but in, but the in discipline given regional market. Right, but the yeah. discipline isn't necessarily the same as the specialty. Correct. You know, so right. the discipline yeah. if they you. if they owned forty percent of the doctors mm-hmm. in an area, then okay. we're an issue. But if they earn yep. if they owned a hundred percent of the endocrinologists, yep. I can't see that being an issue okay. because they'll they'll just say, well, there's there's not there's no other competition. Right. You know, right. we're just we're just we need these endocrinologists. And so I think that I think that's defendable, yeah. so
3: Sam, let's take that down well, the to fair the consumer thing level. You see,
4: gentlemen, yeah. is you look mm-hmm. at Philadelphia, you look at the healthcare system, Hahnemann and everything, how activists and uh, again venture capital came in and literally took it down, absolutely took it down, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's sad to see some of that
2: yeah yeah talk, talk, talk a little bit more about yeah, that let's because, hear about this because U penn yeah. med has grown a great deal um and and Hahnemann, while UPenn Med was growing, Hahnemann kind of got wiped out. And I don't know Wipe. that those were at all related. Right. I don't think they were.
4: Well, certainly, uh, UP has had, you know, has a lot of, if you will, funding. And their, if you will, their stature, And when you evaluate uh, the hospitals in the country and everything, a lot of publicity. But Hahnemann was definitely, uh, you know, serving an area. Yes. And oh, that yeah that was just complete. Plus the fact that you can identify with Mark suddenly all these residents they're done they have to go yeah, out have and to find a to new residency new yeah. oh
2: god it's it's a nightmare they, yeah, nightmare. they, they didn't sign it on for that nightmare
4: to interrupt your training and then have you try to start you you don't you're going to lose another year because you're probably suffering Mm -hmm. from student debt and now you are are out on the streets trying to find a new residency
2: well i think that kind of goes along with larry and i's discussions about the 250 hospitals that closed uh, in the pandemic era yes and and most of these are are in underserved communities in fact i would probably bet that all of them were and
3: if you remember projected another 500 to a thousand over the next five years right
2: and they're going to be picked off either acquired which could work out but but many of them just yeah. gone because there's enough service in the region Right. but so that that is that is uh, I wonder if that has sort of some something to do with it that pattern yeah
4: and the other thing that we've seen with this is again and I saw something on TV I can't, I can't remember the program where OBGYN are prenatal care Terrible in some of these places. Yes. People having to drive an hour yes. or two. Yes. Mark, you know from your uh, that's can, that's, That can be a disaster. If a woman is in an emergency situation and she's an hour, hour and a half out, it's terrible. It can be Plus life or death fact, for the fetus. Yeah, The terrible thing in yeah. pediatrics is the uh, OBE particularly, is the fact that women show up and they've had no
3: prenatal
2: care yeah, and they're right. perceived as high risk. Right. No, you know, I just read call.
3: an article on this the other day about the underserved OBGYN community.
2: Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, Yeah. it it is. It is. It's because you're dealing with two lives per visit. Right. And I mean, it can be it can be a real disaster. You know,
3: quickly, I want to hit on one more thing, the attacks on status of nonprofit health systems. It really ties into the other two that we've been talking about, obviously targeted for excess profits, inadequate charity care and even executive compensation. And you mentioned that earlier, Dr. Mark.
2: Well, so – There's no question there.
3: Again, we find
4: (laughs) out that many of the counties, the cities have given them. They're using this, uh, if you will, uh, facility fee as a a, a comeback saying, oh, wait, we have to give so much indigent care that we have to use this to come up. And Trump was trying to make it site neutral. If we could have site neutral and then people had to – be, if you will, productive in everything, uh, then it would give us, if you will, the independent practitioner, we could, to an extent, compete. But we'll, we'll it, have to see. There to is some legislation the out there,
3: Sam, regarding that, but it hasn't uh, really gone through the process yet.
2: Yeah, no, it's but, going to be, it's going to be yeah. an interesting to see the, the way it pan out. The we, We've had these very confusing discussions about nonprofits and not-for-profits and what Kaiser is up to, it's kind of an yeah. interesting plan. And uh, yeah, Sam. You know, it. You, let's 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 agree that in your years of practice, one thing that you have seen more of than anything else is change.
4: Oh, unbelievable!
2: It's really been something. Yeah. What what a fantastic this set, set of discussions, Sam. And I'm 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 so blessed. I hope you're. Uh, you, we didn't keep anybody waiting. I, it sounds like we did not. So so we were lucky there. And you go take care of your patients and know that we're going to have you back plenty of times and congratulations again on you being recognized it it couldn't be you know it couldn't be a better person i gotta tell you that
3: yeah thank you so much sam for being on the show today we appreciate
4: you guys and what you're trying to do and mark the fact that you're trying to educate our younger uh doctors or prospective doctors uh, i i take my hat off to you
1: thanks sam okay we'll see you next week absolutely take care